This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. You hear they did 81,000? 81,000? Where the hell's the other 11,000? There's 11,000 wrestling fans gone missing. It's a search and rescue operation, Deuce. Mount up. It's time to smack down live here. Channelattitude.com. Oh, man, good to be back with you guys, kicking it uh, another crazy week ahead, I'm sure, here at ChannelAttitude.com as the world turns. I spread like germs, but uh, I got the antidote here. I got the, the the human vaccine, if you will, that we all want to be injected with. It's Stevie Richards back in the Blue World Order studio. How's it going over at the Villages, pal? Well, I, I didn't have anything creative today since the week we had and, uh, you know, everything that happened that we're going to talk about. Yeah. I, I couldn't get too creative today. So I just kept it up to the village's mascot. I'm giving hope to all the 100 year old women and maybe right. a few men there. Who knows? <laughs> if, the, if the rumors are true, then it doesn't matter. There's, <laughs> There's a lot of gender fluidity going on around the villages. Sure. It's, I mean, you only got so many years left. You might as well try everything, right? You know? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, not, not, a, not a job, though. No, never not, <laughs> not that, man. But uh, it seems like that's going to be the hot button topic of the week. I'm sure we'll talk with Vince about it on uh, Master Shoot Theater or Glass Onions, depending on uh, how much risk he wants to uh, put out there for Patreon to, to cancel it, man. But uh, the Stevie Richards Wrestling Analysis Channel, uh, obviously just doing uh, great numbers and incredible growth. And thank you to uh, everybody who is on incredible growth, uh, the Impact Locker Room, the AEW Locker Room. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, you put out a, a wonderful video talking about uh, Terry Funk and who knows better as a, as a young upstart in this business what it's like to work with such a legendary performer to get that shine and uh, just – Heartfelt, true Stevie Richards, true Michael Manna, really uh, shining through in that video. And uh, a lot of people responding so so positively to it. And uh, one of the best tributes I've seen uh, out there so far, man. Yeah, I mean, Terry, I mean, like I said in the video, I could talk 24 hours a day, seven days a week for unlimited amount of time about how selfless of a worker and selfless of a human being that Terry Funk was and still is. I like to use the word is because that legacy still lives on after he passed away, after his mm-hmm. mortal body has gone from this, this plane of existence. But, you know, I really wanted to point out that there were so many people that are currently in the business or retired and had, you know, blessed careers or fortunate to have like really long careers in different companies only did so because of Terry Funk. Mm. The only reason, like I said, in the beginning of that video, I, I think that sums it up. I couldn't stand in front of that smart board. I couldn't break stuff down. I couldn't understand the, these types of spots, finishes, psychology, storylines, nuances, especially. I learned all that stuff just in that one match. I demonstrated from the beginning of the match to the end, I became a better worker. And you multiply right. that times months. I never got the education. You can, I can go to developmental territory for a hundred years 
Yeah. And I won't learn as much as I did from being in the ring with Terry Funk. Yeah. What a complete honor, you know, even, you know, it's going to be like that for everybody is because we only have uh, so many uh, days on our uh, life card, I guess, where that gets punched, but uh, man, what a, what an awesome experience. And then to go back and to be able to share that and revisit it um, exactly what I think a lot of people need to closure wise. So thank you very much for doing that, dude. And it really flashed me back just watching that. I mean, you lived it. <laughs> I watched you living it as a fan, you know, and, and even then it had a profound impact on me and, and Tommy dreamer, I'm sure exactly the same, same way, uh, uh, during the, highest points of ECW storytelling where it was that dream booking with new guys that you wanted to be into. Plus these old NWA types showing up and them putting it all on the line instead of mailing it in. That that was the last thing they did. They, they reinvigorated their own career and brought so many people up with them as well. So yeah, there's also, there's definitely talents that are still with us right now that people need to appreciate. Uh, first name that comes to mind is Ricky Morton sure. still wrestling a style that, that is, still like he did in the 80s, but mm-hmm. very giving and selfless. And that's the one lesson that Terry taught that I took to heart, and I hopefully am a, a, an example of that moving forward. But I don't think a whole lot of guys, I don't get it, like why people that learned under Terry or witnessed the way Terry did business didn't carry the selflessness. Like they they forgot that part. Right, It's a very selfish, cutthroat business, but Terry was so confident in what he could do he had nothing he had nothing to be intimidated or insecure about that way it's 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 them i think not being secure like that terry knew who he was there's only one me right and those other guys are kind of imposters of it they they still don't believe they didn't they didn't take the bigger lesson away of do you and do it better than anybody else can and uh some skinny kid from philadelphia who was uh, considered to be one of the you know, uh, biggest jobbers in wrestling history is the one that gets the lesson. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, thankfully somebody did, man, because, uh, that's a lot of people got taught it this week, whether they wanted to, uh, admit it or not, you know, and your videos have just been doing uh, great masters level education for that. And that's just, uh, to put over that channel, obviously to honor Terry and everything that he gave, uh, for decades, four decades, over four decades, fucking in the ring. Yeah, he was man. in her five. He was in her five, five or a little bit over because he was an old man at 53 that was middle-aged and crazy. When, when right. we had that barely, barely legal match, mm-hmm. he was 53. And we're talking about now passing away at 81. And Jesus. I don't know when he stopped wrestling. He might have wrestled the day before. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he, he to- was... He was on the two CW show because we shared that. Like that was a big thing in Owen. We put it out there and Owens liked it too, even though still got me blocked. But I was there in Gorilla. It might have been one of the last things he did. Uh probably twenty thirteen or fourteen, maybe. And he was in the corner with Jason Axe and uh Kevin Steen at the time. And uh it was it was a huge match for Axe to get that shine. But I remember Steen coming through the curtain and you could see that his life was changed in very much the same way yours was where we've watched these legends. And now we've gotten to this point in our career where there's an opportunity to be even a small part in, in that magic of them creating dude. And uh, I know he still carried that with him because he put that out there uh, this past week uh, uh, of the same type of influence that it had on you as well, man. So there's, there's a couple guys and I'd say Steen, 
trying to pass it along as much as he can, getting to work with Austin and those guys. But for a small place in Gloversville, New York, uh, he, he got a moment made as well, just like in Philadelphia in a small place there. Let me ask you this question, man. Uh, moving forward, we're going to review the show, and I'm sure the theme is going to dip back into Terry and Bray, and they were the theme of yeah. the show. Sure. But my question is now, like, I hope creative, I hope management, I hope the WWE itself see that we don't know how much time we're going to have with these talents. We don't know how much time they're going to have just with their life in general. Let's not waste any more moments. Let's not fill time with recaps. Let's try to make these guys and girls as enduring with a legacy as Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. That should be the goal moving forward. I agree. The dogs of war agreeing with you too. Maybe the Terry Funk is coming for you. <laughs> Jimmy, you egg-sucking dog. They're like, you got eggs? <laughs> yeah. That's why they're barking. They're like, holy shit, there's food in the house. <laughs> got to yell at him. Um, <laughs> some some probably Amazon delivery uh, breach of the perimeters, man. Uh, but, yeah, they, they did scrap the show. Um, I don't know. Do you want – do you want to get into it? Like, is it, is it bad taste to talk about the stooge reports of what may or may not have happened? And we're here, we are on the press. Yeah. Of, uh, is I, another, you know, I, I don't want to do that. If you don't want to, no, do I, I don't really want to do it. I, I mean, I everybody already had their suspicions of what it might've been. And then obviously Bray had gotten COVID earlier in the year or somewhere in the past 12 months on the calendar year. I, I don't know though. That that could be something to call with Russo and maybe the Patreon stuff. Yeah. Um, the whole point is though that that really what we're talking about is that life is too short. Life is precious. You need to really. I know this because it's fresh in my mind. I could have been, you know, Bob Barker might have survived if I didn't. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> Bob Barker. Sorry, Bob. I, I killed that. I had a bell curve got destroyed when I, you know, like, like God, was man, saying, that was yeah, supposed yeah. to be a one of three. <laughs> yeah, but we had all three in one weekend, right? But I'm telling you, dude, I'm not, I mean, we. I don't talk about it. I might have brought it up just once, but the first uh, night that I was in the first, or the the first overnight stay in the first hospital where, they couldn't figure it out. There was a, there was a huge, you know, chance that I was going to die. I mean, there was, there was something with a reaction to, to medicines and painkillers and stuff like that, where I went into respiratory arrest and should have been coded, but that's a talk for uh, the end of that story is a talk for courtroom, not for here. (laughs) Yeah. But when you're feeling that bad and you're that close to the line, it doesn't take much to push you over the edge there and you can be gone like that, you know? So uh, just the fragility of the uh, <laughs> mortal vessel, I guess that we all ride around in, you know, uh, of how quick you can fail you and uh, take your last breath, man. So I, I think a lot of people learned the lesson this weekend of, and we've learned it the hard way plenty of times, but a lot of people don't lose young people in their lives. It's a, that's a hard thing for anybody to go through. And I hope nobody has to, but that whole locker room is in shock and awe right now of how quickly it can end. And it sucks to be reminded of that. So you have to appreciate the people around you every day or some stupid beef that seems like it's the end all be all of, of what you're doing to keep your job and whatnot. But that, that quickly life is fleeting like that and how fragile it truly is. And that's a, a sobering reminder. I do got to say one positive thing I did really like, and it's a huge shout out to 
uh, HMG and Russo brand uh, supporter and conspiracy horseman supporter, Greg Mosier, our guy Mose, uh, after this show uh, in Louisville is, is where the SmackDown was. So a great wrestling fan base there. Uh, then Mose had 16, I think, people, including Killer Cross, Braun, Shotzi, and others, uh, come over and they, uh, he did the moth tattoo on all of them, the flaming moth to, to remember Bray Wyatt. And he's tattooed, uh, WWE stars before, uh, New Day and whatnot. But, uh, I think if you have something ripped from you, uh, the, especially, uh, a, a person who's had such great influence on you, that's a, a, a decent way, even though it's, you're scarring yourself for them to put them back into your life a little bit. So you remember it, man. So I know that was um, something Mose was really proud of doing. And uh, you know, 16 tattoos, no small feet because each one of them probably took an hour. So he was locked in doing what he needed to do to, to help uh, those people heal a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, they literally have the lesson either tattooed on their hand, arm, wrist, forearm, whatever it is. But like I said before, I hope that everybody gains it, which I think is the easy part. Losing it is also the easy part, not keeping the perspective sure. that that you need to keep. Easy for me this year because it's a reminder every day, you know, and everything. So I, I take that as a as a good thing that I'm yeah, able same, to appreciate With Josh, my you know, former owner of two CW and my cannabis partner was on death's door for two years and I was going to be his liver transplant donor. And now he's off of that and he's working hard every day. He's lost 200 pounds with another probably oh, wow. 50, 60 to go. Yeah, dude. So yeah. uh like just the fact that when we get hot about the cannabis business stuff and it's easy to get emotional and when you're trying to be successful, and I go, bro, think about where the fuck we were four years ago <laughs> and you're living in the hospital, bro, as compared to where we are now. Like, we need that. We need that sobering perspective a little bit once in a while. And thankfully it's not a sobering perspective of like, I wish Josh was here. I wish Stevie was here. They are here. And, uh, and we're very thankful for it to show them the love that, that we want to, man, you know, because that that's better than feeding off the negative, but let's get to the negative. Let me, let me say one <laughs> yeah, more thing, uh, please. real quick. I dedicate the real quick to brain. Terrence. Um, but my father said something after my younger brother. My brother, younger brother died at 24 from cancer. So it wasn't a shock. It was expected, but it was still like even harder in some ways that you literally watch somebody go. Um, not only did children lose their father, that, you know, brother lost his brother or even if has a sister, whatever, siblings. Um, and also, you know, the, the fact that we lost, uh, you know, somebody, a uh, comrade in, in the business. But my father had said to me, no parent should ever bury their child. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole nother layer with Mike Rotunda sure. and, and the parents and grandparents, if they're still around that they have to bury somebody long before that their time was due. Terry lived multiple lifetimes worth of his life. Sure. So in 81, you know, he, you know, dying sucks no matter what age, if you love somebody and care about them, but he lived a full life. Bray not only didn't live a full life for 36, he had many more years, hopefully, to go, but also witnessing the kids, the young right. kids grow up. Very, all young kids, yeah. And then even witnessing his father, you know, Mike going into being a great-grandfather maybe or something like that, missing a lot of stuff right there. So suffering yeah. all around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, 
like I said, you hope for some peace, man, but really I've been through a very similar situation with my best friends, almost same age. And it really takes 10, 11 years where you're not even like, Oh, I forgot about it, but you're not like completely affected. You know what I mean? And, and that healing process, I guess can start, but those scars run super deep, but bright candles, uh, you know, uh, burn bright <laughs> and they, they burn out quickly. And, uh, whether it's the firefly stuff or the, the genius, it seems like sometimes that's, that's how it is. I mean, uh, you could, there's senseless violence. I think about Biggie and Tupac as big stars that were gone, but two other very bright talents that were larger than life and, uh, and taken from them, us, the world at a very young age. And it seems to be kind of the same thing or a Chris Farley, like all these guys are kind of in, in a similar wow, they stand out from everybody else, you know, and then they're taken from us uh, very, very young. Can I ask you you an AEW all-in question? I watched some highlights. I I don't feel one way or the other about it, but I want to hear your opinion. Do you think that they should have taken the casket prop out of that tag match with Darby and Sting for the pay-per-view? I mean, they set it up uh, in the weeks beforehand um, that it was going to be a casket match. So uh, I don't think so, to be honest with you. Like, I I get your point of, is that the way to go? But both these guys are kind of mythical characters. And I would ask myself, would Bray Wyatt want that in there? (laughs) And would Terry Funk want that in there? And I think the answer would Mm -hmm. be, you're fucking absolutely right. We're doing a casket match tonight. <laughs> and th- yeah. and it also kind of relates to some of my negative commentary about the matches in this SmackDown match there. So uh, to honor them uh, is to, to, to cut stuff from a show that's, Oh my God level <laughs> is not what either of those guys would have wanted. In fact, they would have said, Light the fucking casket on fire, right? And push yeah. it off. <laughs> so the stage, yeah. yeah so that, you know, um, well, I would have, uh, yeah, I think, I think um, it would have been great to have maybe Tommy and Rob in a heart. I have an outside, I have a couple outside talents from ECW that mm-hmm. can still wrestle, go in there. And that way, in a way, if you want to look at it really like business, then you're not hurting your own roster. It's an outside thing. As long as they're medically cleared, right. they can, they can beat themselves up to all the Terry Funk spots and then, your your talent, your roster is protected from that that extra violence. Yeah. And you also, you know, you're in Louisville. They know the ECW talent. They know Dreamer. They know Rob. They know who whoever would take the place in that match. Right. I really do think that would have been a Texas Death Match would have been or something, you know, a Terry Funk or whatever. But what do you think about that? Rather than having it be a PG version of what Terry Funk would do in a hardcore match. It, it, it really, it really made me upset to be honest with you. Not upset, but like just angry and that salty taste in my mouth because <laughs> in something like this, you only get one chance on a memorial show to do something special to honor the legacy. Right. And what you're saying with those guys definitely should. I like that they had Braun and Eric Redbeard there. I thought that was very classy to have those guys front and center for Wyatt family, uh, helping them, you know, uh, deal with what they're going through and the, and the fans too. But when you got the street profits and the brawling brutes in a Terry Funk memorial match, and all you do is one table spot at the end, while the rest of the matches get all your fucking cool guy shit in, 
there's no there's no thing that Terry Funk was opposite of than that. And to do like the ladder spin, but we did it with the guy on our shoulders and hit him with the face and feed for it. And it doesn't look anywhere near as cool as the one when you broke it down with you and Sandman. And then he's fighting the ladder and that type of stuff. There's no chairs getting fucking thrown in on the pile. There's no go under the ring, pull out a branding iron, light it up and try and get somebody. There's no tax Yokohama death match type of shit. There's no, you took my eye. <laughs> like there's no funk spinning toehold. I think even was there like, no, that, I, don't, the, I don't remember that. No. The, the, just, just those things alone had me fucking losing it going. Who booked this? why why are the agents not going right to the terry funk playbook no spirit of 76 where somebody leaves and comes back to like the last ecw performance he had no mick foley like on commentary where's mick on commentary for this like everything that could have been and should have been was done so lackluster and i'm not trying to heat the street profits and and fight night here but jesus christ bro any indie fucking worker worth his salt would have known what to do in this. There's nine spots there where you don't even have to put the match together. Just classify each one. Look at the guy go spot one. We're going into the garbage can spot, spot two, the chair shit, you know, uh, wrap something and, and light it on fire. Uh, we're doing the ladder spot. And it, it was just really piss poor to be honest with you uh, to, they did a good job with the, honoring of them but when it came to the actual match to step up and do what needed to be done i don't think the main event that was in the name of bray or this match with terry funk did anything to really honor their legacy and and i have a pro i had a problem with that and even though this is phony wrestling and whatnot i just sit there scratching my head going how can this even be possible i would think and this is just my thought that this should have been some sort of special tribute with favorite matches with Terry Funk and Bray and things going and telling a documentary type of thing for the two hours while the live crowd is getting the wrestling as well. I don't got a problem with that. You can, it's tough. I mean, to criticize individual matches like this is one thing, but criticizing the actual theme of the night and the way their procedures go. I don't know if they match up like that. Also, Maybe all four of those people don't even know who Terry Funk was, the Street Profits and the Brawling Brutes. Then that's on that's on the fucking agents to un, to sit there and show them the YouTube videos of the empty arena match of the chair throwing with Funk uh, with the fucking ladder with the mm-hmm. one night stand coming back out spirit of 76 all those should have been in there and the fact that none of them were and it was one table bump at the end turned my stomach, bro. That, that's a I, rare chance that you get the yeah. opportunity to be the artist to lay down a, you know, a P Diddy, I'll be missing you track for Biggie Smalls. Like that's your fucking opportunity to, to honor that talent. And you didn't do any of their shit. There's, there's a few different ways to look at this because they were half pregnant with both the tribute and the actual trying to further the storylines. They were trying to do both at the same time trying to further what they have going on uh, up to the pay-per-view. I think it's payback coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to live this dual identity through these two hours. That's why I'm saying. If you're going to go 
either it's going to be the 10 belt salute for both of them. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And then maybe our Bray Wyatt special. The thing at the end was, was kind of cool. I personally would have liked everybody in the fun, in the fun house, all the talents or what everybody coming that. through and cutting a promo in the fun house. Yep. And, and you know, then at the end, whoever, maybe Vince, maybe Hunter, maybe somebody comes Uncle in, Howdy, Uncle shuts, Howdy or whatever. Target, yeah. shuts the light out and closes the door. And mm-hmm. that's the end of the show. Yep. I mean, what they did was, what they did was fine. Uh, the people with the, with the lighters or the cell phones. And then, sure. you know, at the end they had the figure of him standing in the ring. Um, of course, there's that small percentage too that think it's a work. It's just we've been conditioned as <laughs> right. wrestling fans is this a work? Because right. that guy, he's smiling about an, that. Then he's pumped about that. <laughs> he, would do, yeah. he would do an Andy Kaufman type thing. That would be a bright type of uh, type of call. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, you know, not to be stepping on people because it's easy to go. They're stars, and it's a TV show, and they should have done this. Things like this are they level the playing field in the human existence because you can't fave it. And then be like, well, let's write a show where everybody's happy. And we do that. Like everyone is just in a major state of shock right there off of such a tragic young loss. And like you said, the family and, and his lady Jojo and all that stuff, that, yeah. that what they've got to face going forward means nothing to come paired to like, Oh, you didn't get your shit in, in a match to honor him. Oh, what a fucking like, shut the fuck up. I mean, but I'll tell oh. you what, if, if Stevie, if you would have checked out, I'm definitely coming out in probably a white shirt and black fucking tie. And then I'm definitely going over with the Stevie kick. And the thing I never, if I go, somebody better go over with the goddamn camel clutch. Is that like, that'd be the equivalent of like, we been, I mean, this one's for you, buddy, but uh, no clutch at the end. No, nothing. So not don't don't hit the towers, just just <laughs> yeah, just put me in the fucking plane ride and just send it, man. At this point, really. Well, what do you think? I think uh, in the beginning, let's start with that. Everybody on the stage, ten bell salute. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the ten bell salute before, and by the way, I'm saying we're reviewing the show. The the, the parameters we've already stated, we've already been very clear about how you should feel about the real world implications of these two people especially bray at 36 passing away but this was the dual identity now you expect us with every talent standing with each other which by the way in a few minutes they're going to be trying to kill each other nope not not bad analogy to say it that way but they're going to try to they're going to try to take each other out there's blood feuds going on there's hatred but we just saw everybody standing up there as a big family. Right, right. That's what I'm saying about if you're going to do that, do the 10 bell, then, then you go to the two hour tribute for both the guys. As you give a live event with a personal appearances, backstage passes, make the night special for the people that are buying tickets or in and out from live to the documentary, live to the documentary, something to where you're not, you're killing the dis- the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right. You are 100% right. And Bray and- would have wanted that. Bray would have wanted, Terry would have wanted, well, don't don't expose the business just for me. Right. Like, have the people still believe in what we're doing. It is a bit self-serving for millennial personalities who need to be coddled, I think is what you're talking about here, right? Like it, it, it it's uh, yeah, for the fans, but it's not thought out in the best interest to truly honor the show that must go on 
and the legacies that we want to remember. Like it just is again, not put together the right way and not agented the right way. These matches where the violence should tell the story of the, the man we're trying to fucking honor. Instead, Terry Funk's not going to go, yeah, get all your top rope shit and kick out on one, come back and <laughs> he, he, duck, duck, hit me once. <laughs> and then I'll sell you. Come find me. Right. Fuck. Smackdown. Smackdown. The United States champion, Rey Mysterio, will be going one-on-one with Grayson Waller. But uh, before that, uh, we had the 10 bell salute and the whole world in his hands and um, even the rocking chair with the spotlight. Great WWE production and uh, enough to be able to really invoke those emotions out of the top of the show. Um, but um, Rey Mysterio heads down to the ring. Grayson Waller follows. Um, the bell rings. They lock up. And uh, I got to say, dude, this was probably Grayson Waller's best match in WWE right here. I thought he really stepped up. He was laying it in on Ray, but in a safe way. A lot of times when guys get to work a Ray Mysterio or a Terry Funk and and they're in their younger years and formal. And this really felt like what I watched in your video of Terry working with you, Ray working with Grayson. And and I think Ray is one of those guys that absolutely embodies what you're talking about, about passing on the right way and doing business and helping guys get over that way and selling for them. Because I even I was like, damn, Grayson Waller's laying it in on fucking Ray, bro. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it was in a safe and working way as opposed to like, oh, I'm working a legend, so I got to take care of him and be careful. You want to because – you don't want to be the guy that puts Rey Mysterio on the fucking shelf, right? But at the same time, this is your chance to get over your biggest match ever on TV and a show that's going to be remembered forever. And I think uh, Waller did a really, really good job on this. Uh, he lands a back elbow, plants Ray, delivers a forearm to the spine, which is stiff, runs the ropes. But Ray catches him with the clothesline. Senton uh, looks to dial up 619, which camera crew cut right there when – that was a weird production cut uh, uh, right there. But then Austin Theory's music hits. They were just, you know, a bit ahead there. And he appears to capture Ray's attention, which allows Waller to roll up Ray. But Ray kicks out, and uh, they hit double cross bodies. Um, there's more interference. Theory grabs an ankle, but Santos Escobar takes care of Theory by landing a kick on him, allowing Ray to deliver a splash back into the ring and pin Waller for the win. Ray Mysterio up. We need a babyface win here. Um, Waller got the shine just being in the ring with him. I thought this was a good opener right here. I do too, but I have to argue that the edge uh, match for Grayson Waller is probably a little bit better than this one. Okay. All right. You know, but the fact the kid's improving each and every match is is perfect and getting and, huge spots. <laughs> like you just get called the main roster. You're working edge and Ray. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sounds good could, to me. There could be a negative in that too, because the, now like Ray, they, they, they'd have to protect him and put him on a winning run in order to put him back up. He's done nothing but jobs. Of course they give him the talk show so he can get his heat back. But at the same time, you run into a very dangerous thing after it's two major losses. Now, yeah. What if it turns into four or six or ten? You sort of get, get labeled now by the not by the fans, but by the office, right. which is weird because they're booking the finish. But then in their mind, it it trans it kind of translates now into he really can't win a match. Hey, I can't win a match like Tony Gray told me. <laughs> he's and he's not getting his heat back after. 
Because you can't really on these legends, right? They got to have their moment of big shine in the sun, especially on this show and, and Edge uh, mm-hmm. going into what he did. So, uh, no, great point there. Absolutely great point. Uh, well, they, they think he can get all of his heat back with the talk show, but that's only gonna that shelf life is only going to last for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he's putting it out there of like, the Rock should come back. I'll give him the rub. And he's like, he wants to do something with Cena. So, like, maybe he's just going to get book himself into shit angles with every top guy. And he's like, fuck that mid-card shit. Watch me get over big. Uh, interesting. But uh, the guy has, uh, you know, charisma that comes through the camera. Absolutely. Uh, back from break, we see tributes for Bray from several superstars. Uh, Michael Cole then announces that tonight's main event will feature L.A. Knight and Finn Balor, two of Wyatt's most notable rivals. Uh, Damage Control then heads down to the ring and Zelina Vega follows. We're going to get EO Sky with uh, Damage Control. Whoops. We are in control now. Uh, Versus Zelina Vega for the Women's Championship. And on the way down there, we get the old chonk. Hit him with a chonkla bit. You know, they like put it over that she's Latino. And if you're not Latino, then you don't know about your mother's physical abuse where she beat you with a sandal. But ha ha, tell the Irish guy. And then he knows what a chancla is. Just like, you know, right back to the stupidity. <laughs> we'll do high-level memorial right back to the stupidity, bro. The new the new line is uh, Vince Vince really beat to death the uh, creative liberty excuse. But now it's that, that's what Bray and Terry would have wanted. <laughs> they would have wanted it that way. Yeah. Uh, this is a quick one here. Um, drops a couple drop kicks. DDT looks for a code red power bomb, uh, and then Vega delivers a power bomb to Sky. Looks to pin her, but Sky rolls to the outside before she can. Zelina Vega follows her out there, and uh, the genius of the Sky sends her crashing into the ring steps. She gets back in the ring, delivers a pair of double running knees. And then ascends to the top to deliver the over the over the moon salt for the win here. EO Sky, genius of the sky, your SmackDown Women's Champion wins. Uh, so Dude, what do you think of I, this? I don't understand this whole thing of the boy who cried wolf or the the, the girls who cried wolf. Let's call it mm-hmm. because weren't they supposed to break up? Wasn't there dissension like with the group? Yeah. And now yeah. we're we're supposed to forget about. It. So when you do it again, guess what's going to happen? Click. Yeah, I I don't care, right? So you tease the fans with a turn, which by the way was way too soon, right? And now you've completely ignored it. So why should we pay attention or remember? Well, and Oscar's pretty much out of the picture. You know, I know mm. she got an arcade to build, uh, but what, about, uh, what, what happened with Rhea Ripley? She got suspended, or is that a is that a storyline? I might have missed that. When I was looking at videos, I did, did the Magnum TA Nikita call off U.S. title match for the Patreon thing. It, it kept coming up that Rhea Ripley was suspended. I don't know if that was storyline or twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> yeah. your first guess was my second. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think it's this. If it's anything, you know what I mean? Because it's got to be in the household. <laughs> you see your fiance, and uh, he's definitely uh, a climate change expert. He, I mean, he looks natural to me. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's, and that's a side note. Of, side note about that. Great point, by the way. With life being so fleeting, and life being so short, and life being taken away at the snap of a finger, mm-hmm. 
why would you do anything to shorten it or take a chance on enlarged heart or any of that? So we had, we had a good, a good meaning terrible clip of like 40 wrestlers dying within a couple of years when I was full time. Right. And it was somewhat directly attributed to substances and other things. And I wouldn't want to see anybody voluntarily go sooner than they're supposed to. No, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. And just, uh, it's a visual business, pal. <laughs> I just cut well, a pretty Did you big... not think I was in shape when I was in WWE? Did I not look like a wrestler? Did I not at least look like somebody that did something outside of an office job? It looked fucking incredible. And like, yeah, to be honest with you, if I was still a fan, I'd be like, Stevie's gassing. <laughs> so... I've been accused of that, but then people who know me know I'm notoriously cheap, too. So I will pay <laughs> for And I'm afraid of needles. So whatever, <laughs> hey, whatever Triple motivation to stay away from it, I guess. <laughs> I, I cut a pretty big think... promo. I cut a pretty big promo on the Monday locker room, Hami Media Group site on uh, on Trish on uh, Trish Parker, uh, aka Big Mama Pump, and and Ooh. just the the double standards of like <laughs> respect me as a woman, and then watch me masturbate on OnlyFans or the vocal change, the vocal change, and but everybody's going, she looks awesome, working hard, way to go, come on back to Impact, and the reality is, is you're have huge body dysmorphia issues which probably lead to more mental uh issues and then you're going to put this stuff that upsets your natural hormone balance and and ask for pats on the back when and people are giving them to you they're reinforcing the behavior that will eventually kill you paul you're absolutely right and and the whole thing about that and we're, we're off on a little bit of a tangent but it all comes down to trying to protect these talents and not have their demise come any sooner than it's supposed to. Sure. The thing with doing that stuff, you either have to stay on forever as long as you're on TV or as long as you have that mental thing where the, the insecurity, the body dysmorphia, whatever it might be, but your body's naturally going to go back to what it's supposed to. And let's be honest, wrestlers especially are not going to wait till they're an absolute plateau to get that stuff to take them to the next level. Or you're using right. that stuff from day one to get that point quicker. So your body never naturally hits a sticking point and you have to work hard when you do that stuff. But if you work hard, get to the plateau and do it like practically with, with pragmatic, you're pragmatic with using it to a minimum, you're going to be, you know, I don't know. I, I think not using it, your talent, you should learn psychology, learn how to yeah, work. Exactly. Learn. If you know how to entertain, you don't need that as the fucking sure. It's nice to wrap the package in there, but the actual fucking ability to entertain and connect has nothing to do with the amount of body fat that you have on. Magnum TA has a great story that Bruiser Brody told him to get off the gas or make it as minimal as possible because your natural body is what you're you're setting up an expectation that you're never going to consistently achieve yeah and magnum looked great so like he didn't look like a gassed up dude he's just like a big burly like biker dude mm -hmm. so everybody can be i mean i'm telling everybody to be an eddie, eddie kingston no offense to him but you can be in shape without having to do that and learn how to work <laughs> and learn yeah, how to work exactly and cut the promo and get the fuck over and even if you got to be self-deprecating about it, you know, uh, Christian, Christian Cage, I, I did a thing about his promo. Christian Cage wears a shirt now, so I'm sure he's not. Turtleneck. 
he's not happy <laughs> in, the, in the ring. He's not happy with the shape he looks like or his aesthetic looks. Mm-hmm. But he cut a promo and threw his own daughter out of the building because she wasn't credentialed. I'm not sitting there going, yeah, but he's not shredded. I'm saying he's a best. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes right. the memory little yep. things like that. Yep. I'm oh, sorry. Do you think, uh, speaking of Christian, because that was another hot topic that kind of got um, pushed to the wayside with all the tragedy this weekend or CM Punk and Jungle Boy or whatever the fuck, Hogan lying. Uh, do you think that uh, Edge is going to jump over there and do something with them now that, uh, I mean, Edge even put out a little thing of like, hey, the contract renewals in my inbox. I don't know. I haven't decided. They're like, I'm sure he wants big money. And then if Khan steps up with like, come on in for $5 million for one year, you know, like – that sets his family up even more than they could ever imagine. Uh, no, do you think, do you think he's going to go or no? I, I maybe if Vince told him to go because he can to just be one more, one more person, a bankrupt con, yep. Yep. but, but the edge for rightful per for the, for the right reasons, the absolute right reasons is loyal to WWE. I said on, I think last week's show yeah. or the week before they paid off his student loans They've paid him millions upon millions of dollars. If he doesn't have money now, it's his own fault. But plus, he plus he's got he's on so many things for you know payouts, DVD, and all that. Like that's going to be a yeah, yeah mailbox money. He has a passive income stream that we could not achieve working multiple <laughs> right. full time jobs. Right. So I, he's very very comfortable. He's well off. He's multi millionaire easily living the life he wants to in the mountains of North Carolina. Would he want to go back on the road like that? I don't know. He probably just threw a number out there and said, "If they, I think that's what it was. Hey, to retain my services, what's it going to take? And I think there was numbers back and forth, or he gave the number, and they said no. no. Was that kind of the way it went? I think I, I didn't know if it was a no. He had kind of dispelled that. I think they did a counter offer. No or to, an the, offer to, to the amount to no to the amount he wanted. Right. He just hasn't signed, so I don't know if that's not a no, and it's a, re, a renegotiation. Or here's the number, and then what is my mailbox money? Add that together, times it times two, and then go to con. <laughs> right. Like, gotta have I, it all laid out. Okay. I, I mean, we're. We're trying to kind of, obviously, you know, everything is still fresh, so we're kind of skipping around. Yeah. But from watching AEW and watching how we just mentioned Christian, Christian mm-hmm. could be the top heel in the company. He's lost in a shuffle. Yeah. Keith Lee's lost in a shuffle. The Aleister Black lost in the shuffle. CM Punk, CM Punk and, and Joe are lost in the shuffle. There is nobody who isn't lost in the shuffle, buddy. There's nobody who's over. But that would Edge want to go there and get that mail, get that new contract and not be fulfilled? Edge isn't built like that. Hmm. Edge at this point doesn't care about money. He cares about the legacy and all that stuff. And I do believe he would take great pride in saying, I was a lifetime WWE guy. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, from the time I spent with him, uh, the integrity is definitely there because we had now, now, now Tony, pretty, whatever, whatever Tony has budgeted for Edge, you could probably get two guys: one guy with a fusing spine, mm-hmm. one guy who likes to slap people for five dollars, mm-hmm. and it's a bargain. You don't have to pay us both. What? No, what Edge we'll is split it. We'll split Edge. Give him a call for us, will you, man? We'll take care of you. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, he, he's got some money to spend. He pays homage to Terry Funk, uh, and he tells the – uh, traveling with his dad in Denver, Colorado, which I popped because I was like, whoa, were you guys uh, in the deep underground military base or no? Uh, he says he hears a man calling his father an egg-sucking dog, but didn't know who it was until he spotted Terry, spotted Terry Funk. He says WWE superstars get to call themselves the coolest things, and they've been called many other things over the years. He says a fable few got to call themselves cowboys, and that included Funk and Bray Wyatt. I don't remember Bray Wyatt, the cowboy. He says Funk has been a constant pro in wrestling for 50 years, and he managed to pull an entire company and a revolution up to his level. Rhodes then uh, throws to a video showcasing uh, some of the Funk highlights from ECW, WCW, and WWE. There's iconic matches and partnerships with Mick Foley alongside his uh, Hall of Fame induction with his brother, Dory Funk Jr. And then we're going to get a hardcore match between the Brawling Brutes and the Street Profits. And it's one of the most unhardcore hardcore matches ever to be done. And yeah. it really was perplexing to me. And uh, just like, what a, like, if I was any of those guys in that match, I probably wouldn't sleep all week long going, fuck, I blew that one, bro. We blew that one. The Cody promo in the ring and kind of telling stories without any kind of visual document, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Documentary, (laughs) documentary type of thing. Or here's what I just thought of off, just off the cuff. Why not have Mick Foley or Cody Rhodes be GM for the night and make the matches? Love it. Perfect. There there you go. You have a purpose. They're on TV multiple times and they're making the matches and they're legitimately probably pitching the matches to Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Why not a firehouse? Why not another one of Bray's matches like he did with Cena with the cinematic thing to close the show? Why not not have Brawling Brutes come out dressed as Chainsaw Charlie, both of them, or one's got the fucking funk pants on something. But the problem with that is that they can dress like them and do whatever, but they're still moving around like the Irish guys or whatever nationality. They're not doing, I, they, you have to have an utmost like close up look, if not working Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt to know exactly the little things that they could do. Like Cross could be the Bray Wyatt night, like on yeah. this show and do that. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. Cross would have been in a hardcore match and probably would have put everything into it. Cross, cross, cross even or, moving into the Firefly Funhouse. Cross just like well, a bunch of things you can do. Imagine Cross like beating Tommy Dreamer bloody and they and phenomenal. That absolutely know. should have happened. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Get, get heat on your heel cross. for a reason, you know. Yep, absolutely, dude. And fucking could have done the chair throwing spot. It just really was so piss poor executed uh, of the agenting of this that that's what i really have a problem with the guys in there are going to go out and work and do what they want to and maybe they're too young to understand it or i I feel like pete dunn definitely does being a a student of the game and just the the amount of legacy alone of people backstage who go we're doing this spot this spot this spot and this spot and we didn't do any of them that's not honoring the legacy of the guy I, i i really i know it's just a match but fuck what a what a miss um everybody gets their shit in does a ton of dumb shit 
until Bobby Lashley's music hits uh, and uh, appears to watch the action. Back from the break, Holland delivers the 10 beats of Bodron to Ford and Dawkins. Butch gives an Inziguri to Ford, classic, uh, you know, funk Inziguris. Uh, then plants him with an assisted powerbomb help, from, of course, from Holland. Dawkins levels off Butch, fires right hands on Holland, delivers a back elbow splash in the corner, rocks him, and uh, gets him in electric chair position. Ford attends to the top, and Profits hit a blockbuster kick out. <laughs> it goes on and on and on, so we get a fucking table off from under the ring for the finish, our very first hardcore spot. Um but then uh, Butch ascends to the top. Lashley pushes him off and delivers a spear. Uh, this opens the door for Ford to deliver a click, kick to Holland and Dawkins to deliver the revelation through the table for the win. Street profits up here. I don't it's know. A train. This is a strange finish. You're going for a the sky high or spine buster, and he's coming yeah. in to do a neck breaker. So much can go wrong with that move. If it's not uh, primed perfectly. If it's me, I'm working heat on the leg, heat on the post. I'm doing a couple funk spots to knock guys down, and then we're winning with the fucking funk spinning toe hold after heat on the knee. Like, well, I would have did everything. I would have did Funk's uh, little circle thing selling as he's laying on his side. That little yeah, thing. Yeah. I would have done. I would have done it all. I would have yeah. just. This is where I mean we can play armchair wrestlers right now, but. The simplest thing would have been to just have a two-hour tribute special, interviews, packages, the Cody promo, but with B-roll of everything he's talking about. Yeah, the Cowboys. Uh, show think- show one-night stand. Show you guys in AC, ECW. Show uh, the – Oh, they the did old, in the package. The, yeah, the they did yeah but I mean show the matches, bro. Show the fucking yeah. – They also, with um, respect to what Cody said, wouldn't have made much more sense – that there's superstars, there's this and that. And then there's Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Mm, I like it. Like, not just Cowboy. Because like you said, well, what the f- when was Bray a Cowboy? cowboy. Yeah, and who, who's going to care about a Cowboy? But if you hear Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, you're like, yeah, those guys are beyond just superstars. They're special. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that yeah. to me feels like Cody would have said that. It feels like this was a very controlled show creatively very very I had, read, I had read that they threw out the script because they didn't want to you know do the business that they've been doing but then the matches that were the honor they were they were the like, scripted matches right so I, I don't understand they just took out their vignettes and put in some passionate promos and some retrospectives but that doesn't make the best show for either you know uh, I always pop though when you see the vertical stripes. As soon as they put that up there with the gray, black, and white pants, and then the red, black, and white ones, uh, those tights, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, lo- love that look. Uh, for you forget about it sometimes until you see Terry rocking it. I-, I will do my own little mark out thing. Like even though I didn't get a picture that day, uh, I had taken a lot of them of like Eddie Edwards and those guys and hanging out with Terry, just being cameraman, uh, make sure they had it. I didn't get my own selfie, but to my funk uh shirt upstairs probably should have wore it today uh right from terry funk's merch table so i feel <laughs> little peace and then and and i also told him in that moment which it was important to me after losing friends of how much influence and how much i appreciate everything he's ever done for the business right to his face so 
for me that that was a, a great moment too just personal but uh who cares if there's a picture or not because i got to live it just like you i'm sure you're not worried about oh i got a picture with terry you fucking got a master's at level education mm-hmm. in the torch patch there and uh you know that no one can take that away from us um back from break la Knight uh makes his way down in the ring to pay homage uh to bray wyatt and has a message for the miz I really liked uh, – I thought uh, L.A. Knight did really well with this promo right here, kind of putting over Bray Wyatt, saying, uh, you know, uh, how much he appreciated him, but then going back into what his business was uh, about, you know, saying that uh, Miss says he's never an A-lister and all this shit and that he's uh, never got over on himself, that he was in the background of the main storylines and that even when he had his own stunt man or stunt double, he got over more than you did. <laughs> which I thought was a good thing yeah. for Damian Sandow. So that makes me, if they're saying that without saying his name, is Damian on his way back for this feud? Could Idol Stevens be back and re- put into this? Because you, in improv, when you drop that pebble in the pond, it makes a ripple. And the the pattern of it means we need to see that character later. If I reference a character Aunt Sally, uh, she makes the best, or Mindy, she makes the best muffins. Mm -hmm. We better go fucking see Mindy later because now there's a character in our world that we've referenced and we need to time dash over to that. So I I hope that uh, Aaron Stevens gets reinserted into this feud uh, one way or another and uh, maybe even becomes uh, L.A. Knight's stunt double (laughs) and does L.A. Knight impersonations, which is really just rock and fucking Austin impersonations. So that'd be damn good, too. Um, but then Finn Baylor heads to the ring. Uh, what'd you think about this promo? Yeah, he definitely, I, I was worried because I'm like, okay, he's talking about Bray Wyatt for him to seem pandering or like a pandering baby face could be very dangerous, but he played it up the way he should have. He put it in there that they, they tried to, you know, beat the hell out of each other. And that's how he learned. And Bray did him a favor. I, I like that a lot. Um, we know this company, though. How many times have they dropped that pebble in the pond and there are no ripples and come never out? come back, never come back. Yeah, for, for Aaron Stevens to get a payoff and to get even more money and some future mailbox money, yeah, I would I would love to see that. I just don't know if he even – is he active? I thought he retired in NWA and he was a manager, and then I don't know what he's up to. Yeah, I mean, he's doing his Hollywood stuff, and, uh, and he was just on uh, – Tim Robinson's uh, Netflix uh, comedy special. He's got a, a, a bit in that where <laughs> it's a funny piece where the dude uh, pulls up to the Taco Bell drive through and tries to start the pay for the guy behind you uh, chain. But then he just tears ass out of there and, and loops around because now that he started it so he can come back in and and order like a hundred dollars of the food you know and yeah. it's it's on idle and idle gets out and fucking chases him down i was pumped for it man so that was another good like i opened for that guy in chicago and his team and now here's the wrestling side and together and i'm going where the fuck's my cameo and i was happy mm. for for good brother there um, like a true worker <laughs> um but uh yeah man uh this match I kind of have the same criticism of the street profits honoring them. If there's ever a time, I don't care if you've been heel or whatever, this is a match that is in honoring Bray Wyatt. There's very few people who have characters that are alternative versions of themselves that are dark and demonic for the demon to not come out was a huge mistake. 
to like to, uh, to, to, he absolutely should have been the demon. He could have done Sister Abigail. He could have done the upside down walk, uh, the the spider walk. He could have done all a lot of brace spots. And even Uncle Howdy, I mean, I doubt he would have been there. You could have anybody play it, could have had a influence on this match and, and put it in there, you know. And then people really would have gone, this whole thing's a work. Uh, but I, I was kind of shocked at this because Finn's the mythic guy who should be doing it. And I didn't even see him really selling for LA Knight, dude. They go out and... LA Knight's putting his face on the table. Mm-hmm. Finn's hands are hitting. He's not even hitting his head. He's 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 like this far off the table. Very muted. Very muted the whole match. Not, yeah, not selling shit. And then there wasn't even another one where LA Knight hits something. He stands right up, no sells, and goes right into his own stuff again. Like this feels very much like the jealousy of I'm not letting this guy fucking get over. I'm not selling for him. Fuck that, dude. You know, like. And and again, in a match where you should be doing all the best of Bray stuff, uh, uh, now they're not even working as themselves, selling for each other. Did did Am I off on this, or did you notice no, a lot of that? You're not off on that, but I'm trying to I – would, I would hope that he's not that selfish because he's got his own deal going on, and I thought it might have been – maybe mentally and emotionally, some of the talents can't handle going out there and performing – and he just didn't have it in. He no, just, I'll, I'll he give you that. In. But for all the right reasons, he had to phone it in. Yeah. No, I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. And even though it seemed like a 10% choice on it, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on a, on a good brother's match when you're an emotional wreck and you got to go out there and try. I just know if it was me, I could say that uh, until you're I, living in the eye of a hurricane, it's not fucking, it's yeah. easy to say if it was me, but when you're in shock and your friends have just passed away, you don't, I, I can't say that. So I'm going to shut the fuck up. No, no. It's a, you, you got a great point from a standard perspective. You might be like, he's just not doing business, but the little nuance that I saw was he wasn't looking strong either. No. He was literally flatlined the whole match. Yeah. That's what I felt like. So he wasn't like, Yo, is that all you got? Or, you know, just firing up. It was literally like, all right, we got 12 minutes or whatever. Let's just get through this. And I got to go back to my room and cry. That's, that's what I felt. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And I think again, whether it's street profits and brutes or these guys, uh, really LA Knights, the only one uh, who got the the right respect over all night long, which is strange to me. Not to say the other guys don't have it. He's the one that disses everybody. Yeah, yeah, but he tied it back in and used yeah, Bray's yeah. line at the end and stuck the landing. And all the guys who should have done the stuff to get over, nobody, nobody really did. Now maybe that's because we're showing we're human and we're in a state of shock. And I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But I know if I was in that spot and I did those matches like they all, all uh, six of those guys included did, I'd be that would haunt me. That would haunt me how I dropped the ball on fucking paying homage to them the, the way they should have had in that moment that it passed them by and they're never going to get that opportunity to make that right. Let me ask you this question. Are we looking at this being a one-off tribute thing? Because the, the, the WWE week starts on Friday, but then we have Monday night raw. Do you think they're going to do it again? Uh, I think they'll do Bob Barker and that'll be about it. 
they'll, you'll get a graphic and maybe a quick recap of uh, the the segment. But I, I, I don't, um, you know, maybe show tweets and love for Bray, but I don't think they're going to go out there and do all that. They'll probably show the Terry Funk package again. I mean, we got three hours to fill. Why wouldn't you fucking dedicate an hour to it? But hmm, we'll see. Because then you run the risk of, of going – now they're just capitalizing off their death and it looks fucking cheesy, right? Like there's. Well, the world moves very quickly too. Right. So that three days you're like, okay, that, that I mean, it's, it's a say harsh. It. Say it. You got to say it. The brothers would want you to say it right here. It's What's three that? days. It's three days. Can't grieve oh, forever. Can't grieve forever. <laughs> the Jim Cornette line. Right. Three days. Who's I next? was never that by the way, that line was never used for actual death. That was like somebody it, it's just for people to understand, I should put that up on YouTube. But like, what does it mean can't grieve forever? Like yeah. basically it's just like if you're what was last week? Someone's part oh, you're talking about your your friggin' uh your wife is getting her ass handed to her. You were just out the segment before, and you're back in camp. You're in the her. ring. You're in the ring watching her get her ass handed to well, that's her. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Even worse. Can't agree forever, bro. Can't well, agree forever. Should have done the dishes. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, your winner is LA Knight in this one after uh night trips uh trips up baylor trying to do his shit and uh hits a superplex uh in order to deliver the bft for the win uh la night up and uh at the end the lights go off in a signature bray wyatt fashion as the fireflies come out and a single lantern lays in the middle of the ring and the fans chant thank you bray uh who's in the ring doing his uh silhouette was that a statue or i'm not sure what that was or there's i think it's a hologram Really, I, I think with the technology they have, right? With it's true. Uh, it looked real. Oh, it looked very real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm sure they have it based because Bray stuff was all that, right? Like uh, here he well, is, nice and for the games and action figures. So they have the back right. of. Right. Oh, if they did that, that's in, that's incredible. What a deep fake that is because it looked yeah. just like them. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I, I agree. That's why I thought maybe it was, or maybe that would have been the spot to have Braun and Redbeard come out and do something together, you know? Uh, but uh, I thought it was very visually incredible as only WWE can do uh, Dude, you, in, in those moments. You just mentioned it. Why, why are you not having Braun and, and uh, Redbeard come out and wrestle a tag team hardcore match or a Firefly Flunhouse match? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why there was a bunch of stuff that just seemed like, if you're alluding to the fact or you're hinting to the fact that like, oh, look, these were members of the Wyatt family, why? Yeah. Why not Steve, go an extra step? Stevie Richards no uh no gives no quarter to anyone who's had neck surgery. I don't give a fuck how long ago you had your neck fused, get out there and wrestle. Isn't that what just happened to Braun? Like, yeah, neck fusion like three weeks ago. Dude, no, fuck you, get out there. <laughs> oh, um, so- he had neck fusion. That means he he can't beat anybody up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly, dork. Um, I will say uh, shout out to House of Black too. They came out with lanterns on the AEW pay per view. Classy move. You know what I mean? Uh, that kind of stuff with uh, all those FCW guys who came up together. I'm sure they wanted to, uh, you know, ride or die for for that one and, and make the match mean a little more for them, especially in Wembley. Um, I don't know. I didn't watch all the AEW pay-per-view. I'm not sure what 
um, respect they paid to Funk's legacy and, and, and to Bray. So I'm sure there was plenty of uh, Easter eggs in there from, from some people. Well, Terry loved using real glass too. So cry me a river. <laughs> and we'll get into that tomorrow. I'm sure uh, on the raw review or master shoot theater, all of the ridiculousness. I don't know if that's a work or not. It feels, it smells like a work to me. Uh, well, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it uh, later. But uh, you guys, this was uh, a tough smackdown for a lot of people. Uh, shock upon shock in the wrestling uh, world of uh, people who help us escape. And who, like Stevie said, have done it at a higher level than most in this industry. And, and uh, re- the reinvention of Terry Funk so many times throughout his career, uh, from crazy to funny to hardcore to cowboy middle-aged and crazy and uh and and some of the best lines ever uh in in wrestling history uh to bray wyatt who took uh the comedy of peewee's playhouse the uh grindcore and horror of uh so many uh dark horror films and and put it all in a blender and came out with something brilliant that even wwe couldn't even wrap their hands around to get uh, 10% value of what I'm sure his vision originally was. So uh, he got to create and paint with his own brushes. And I'm sure was met along the way with a lot of, I don't understand this shit. <laughs> well, sit back and watch. And uh, I'm going to show you how this is done. So uh, thank you both for being uh, you know, great performers and great creative artists, man. Uh, definitely inspired a whole generation. I couldn't have said it better myself. There would never be another Terry Funk or Bray Wyatt. That's uh, that's for sure. I don't think anybody's going to come close. And if anyone's going to try, that's great. That makes the business a better place. Yep, 100%. 100%, man. So, uh, but can't grieve forever. It's the SmackDown Live review with Big Stevie Cool and Hacker. I mean, Stevie, what's coming out for Stevie Richards' Wrestling Analysis Channel this week? I'm very excited. Well, he just uploaded the, uh, like I said, the U.S. title match between Magnum T.A. and uh, Nikita Koff. Really hot time, Cold War. And Nikita goes over in this match to become the United States champion. You want to talk <laughs> about incredible booking that yeah. we've talked about, rehashing that with Miro, with Del Rio, with uh, who else? Sheamus. Well, especially Miro, the Russian thing. With, you know, they did not do the Drago stuff, but they got the Drago stuff before Rocky four even happened in the NWA. So as far as that, that's up there also on YouTube this week, I may actually, I'm trying to work on that versus series video of the Spears. I'm going to have up to six players playing at the same time. So it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. If not, I think what I'm going to do too, I keep adding these playlists. I have the Bret Hart one. I think I'm going to have a Terry Funk one because people want that, but also the basics people want to know about, the nuances and the details of a lockup of just looking of ring positioning. Like that's the stuff I think I'm going to bring to YouTube sooner or not, if not later, because it really is just like one lockup I can talk about for five, 10 minutes and just break it down without having to go to multiple clips. And I, I think that's been, I, I use that with my students. Uh, you just throw in the, Mem- the Memphis punch, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, to, to show them how to draw it back like a bow and arrow. And then even simple things of, all right, we're going to run this spot, but you got to take a step backwards. So when you take your bump, you're going to be in the middle mm-hmm. of the ring. So when we, yeah. when we get, when we get to the crucifix pin, they're not right by the ropes to hold on to it. That's got to be yeah. the pin. But if you guys are out of position, 
I don't care if it's an 18 by 18 or 16 by 16, you got to know how to be in that center to, to protect the rest of it. So those videos I've been using at, at UWE, absolutely to be like, here's how we need to, we know the moves, but the positioning is, is really yeah. just as important. Well, I appreciate that. And I actually, when I do get a little bit better, I'm actually going to be filming in a wrestling ring and showing stuff, Please you be know, careful. Uh, you sound like get, just get some bump, <laughs> just get some bump dummies and you fucking yeah. narrate them. But I want to thank everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ignore that because you know me. Uh, mm. uh, almost to 44,000 subscribers on the YouTube wow. channel and almost up to 100 Patreon supporters on Patreon. Awesome. So I really am grateful to each and every one of you out there. I'm going to retweet uh, uh, Kaz's thing about you guys put up a clip about the funk thing. But I'm also going to reshare that again because the week and weekend have been so inundated with wrestling news. I don't want people to miss the the tribute to my friend and my mentor, Terry Funk. I want them to see just how good, great, amazing Terry was in and out, out of the ring. So I'll, I'll share that again. I love it, man. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Awesome stuff, guys. Make sure you're subscribing to everything he's got going on. I got to do uh, consultants. I'm so far behind this. So I'll make sure all of you guys who are supporting uh Hameen media group, uh, you should do a video about the ideas you thought of for Bray. You should say do an episode on just yeah. Bray and talk about that. Cause you have some amazing ideas on how to really make a mainstream Hollywood type of a, uh, of a powerful character. Allegedly, I had some ideas. Allegedly, I was there too. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, we know your entertainment dollar goes across multiple subscriptions. So whether it's our Patreons or Vince or just channelattitude.com uh, or just hanging out uh, in the free shows in the chat room with the rest of the great community of Russo, Brandon, Hami, Media Group, I know things like this we all are across the planet, but we have the same interest and to see the, us all come together and just enjoy group mind for a little bit and, and, uh, and talk things out. I think it, it is a major form of uh, group therapy, uh, I guess, group group. And uh, we, we all needed it, man. So I thank you guys so much for being there and uh, being here for the SmackDown live review and please don't get in the ring and do any dumb shit. Just I'll, I'll send you some trainees and you can train them and make them do it. Uh, but on behalf of Big Stevie Cool, it's Hacker Hameen. You know what time it is, infidels. Y'all get vaccinated. Mm.